Well, no doubt you'd appreciate that technology helps you to better leverage your time to enable more time to be spent with each customer. But in these times of needing to do more with less, we often find ourselves in the transaction rather than the interaction with our customers. As our guest, Mohamed Zogby, the author of A Prescription for Pharmacy, shares with us his observations, insights, and unique strategies for improving our customer experience. Welcome to The Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day, everyone, and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, all the way through to episode 88, brought to you by PharmacyFreedomIndex.com. Big show today. We've got time for a quick check-in with you, some great listener feedback, and a very, very generous offer from our guest, Mohamed Zogby, as well. How's your week been? Has it been a good one? Mine's been terrific. Along the themes of our interview last week with Matthew Michaelwitz, I've been going through my goal setting for 2016, and I shared with you my big hairy one last week, and certainly great to get some emails from some of you, particularly some of our new listeners and also our old ones. I appreciate all of you who expressed interest in visiting us at the Transformation Lab in 2016, and I'll keep you right up to date. You're in the right place to find out everything that's happening about that very exciting concept as well. Got some great feedback about pharmacists in cars going to work. Um, Got some great emails, particularly a message I got from Julian on Facebook last weekend as well, who really would like us to explore the concept a little bit further. So I'd love to put it out there to you. If you are or you know a pharmacist who has a great story and drives a standout car, Let me know, and I'd love to have a chat with them and invite them on the show, and we'll explore and see how we can get that format happening. I think it'd be very interesting, and it'd be great to share some of these great stories as well. Really generous offer that Mohammed's putting to you today. Now, I must not undersell this. It is a full day education and also catering at his pharmacy launch event on November 14th. So if you're in and around Newcastle, you got to get there. The lineup is terrific. I must endorse it because every single speaker on his panel has been a guest of the Transformation Show. So I must say it's a terrific panel and you'll learn so much in a lot of different areas around pharmacy, particularly around leadership where you'll be treated to Jesper Logren. And uh, for those who enjoyed episode 81, he really is someone you have to see live. Um, He's remarkable. And of course, Mohammed's going to be pulling it all together on the day. Really looking forward to it. I wish I could be there myself, but I'd love to have some of you go and support Support Mohammed on the day as well. And I'll put a link in the show notes, which you can click straight through. And if you mention my name, Robert Starr, or Transformation, Mohammed's going to let you in for free, which is an unbelievable offer. This week's episode of Transformation is brought to you by Pharmacy Freedom Index. So with 2016 fast approaching, we talked about goals all last week, there has never been a better time to 
plan how you're going to take advantage of your pharmacy's biggest business opportunities, particularly with technology, in nine critical areas. Visit pharmacyfreedomindex.com. It will only take you seven to 10 minutes and you'll receive an instant summary report of all of those opportunities as well. And if you'd like to unpack that further before you open in the morning, after close or via Skype, whatever is convenient for you, then I can help unpack that for you and build a 12-month blueprint that you can go ahead and do it alone if you choose Or if you'd like to accelerate your results, you'll find out if you qualify for the different transformation programs where you may get the opportunity to work directly with me and my team over the next 12 months. And it features things like full project management, concierge support and done for you systems plus much, much more. So head across to pharmacyfreedomindex.com. You won't regret it. And again, it will only take you seven to 10 minutes as well. We're going to head across to Mohammed. You're going to love this interview today. You'll get so many insights out of it. And probably, as Mohammed may share with you, I won't spoil it, you may just want to take a pause and reflect. Our interview today is with Mohammed Zogby. He's the author of the soon-to-be-released A Prescription for Pharmacy, who is passionate about pharmacy and runs a training program to improve the quality of service in pharmacies. And Mohammed wants to be known for revitalizing the pharmacy profession. Mohammed Zogby, welcome to the Transformation Show. Thank you very much, mate. Oh, look, great to have you, Mohammed, and I uh, really look forward to not only reading your book, A Prescription for Pharmacy, but I wish I could be in Newcastle. I can't, and obviously we've spoken about that, but um, for our listeners, uh, they'll recognise you as not a pharmacist, but you've had a long association through both family and business with pharmacy. So I'd love to know, and I'm sure our listeners would too, why are you so passionate about pharmacy, and why do you believe community pharmacy needs to transform to survive? Well, passionate about pharmacy when I was a kid, we used to have a candy shop and um, in front of that candy shop was a pharmacy. And my dad would always say, you, you've got to be a pharmacist. And each time I used to look at John, he used to wear this very nice white robe and get out there and talk to people. I, I just admired him. I said, this is really what I'd love to be. But then um, when the hormones kicked in and, and you, you, you know, I was at high school, I didn't want to study anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I said, I'm study, study pharmacy and get all these years of studying. So I I decided to to be a nurse, which, which is also in the healthcare profession. Yeah, well, certainly just as caring, probably more caring. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And um, I've got two brothers who are pharmacists and I became a pharmaceutical representative. So I, over 17 years, I've made over 7,600 pharmacy visits. And what I became passionate about was I used to work during the night times as a nurse and during the day I used to be a a pharmaceutical representative. And I used to see the back end of the issues and the problems in the emergency department that um, could have probably been resolved in a pharmacy or in a doctor's surgery. And that's when my brothers became pharmacists and I started turning my attention a lot more into observing pharmacies as a pharmaceutical representative and seeing what makes one pharmacy work better than the other and why within the same vicinity or the same area you've got one pharmacy um, outperforms the other and that just became my observation throughout the years until I wrote a book about it called The Prescription for Pharmacy. 
Yeah, and fantastic title too, and congratulations on that. And and I guess on that for for our listeners, you know, what we what are you hoping the book will be able to achieve in our profession? Listen, the ultimate aim of the book is to look beyond profit to make more profit. Um, we, we've become in a rat race, and it's all about finances and looking at the bottom line. And I'm, I must clearly say, it's not the pharmacy's fault, but it's it's reforms, it's the constant competition. The ultimate aim really is to try and step back and instead of be in your business, look into your pharmacy and really serve your customers, take care of your team in in an incredible way so that you will be able to make more profits by looking beyond the profit. Well, certainly there's a greater purpose of why, why we became pharmacists in the first place. And we often sometimes change that purpose depending on the stage of career. Certainly when we leave university, we're at our greatest clinical skills. Uh, but then sometimes when we become small business owners, it's just very, very hard to get outside those four walls and get that helicopter view. Exactly, exactly. But it all comes back to the leader. And it is extremely important. I think it's so important never to lose sight of your vision. Because, yes, the majority of healthcare professionals and pharmacists, the majority of them went into university in order to help and save people's lives, improve the quality of life of of the customers and the patients that come into your door. And don't let the, the financial pressures lose allow you to lose that vision because once you have lost that vision and you're stuck into the the finances of your business you're just no different to anybody else yeah, no, look, ab- absolutely. And certainly, you know, the, the, the key role that we play in our communities of coordinating primary health care can often be overlooked when we get too stuck in the transaction. And often we've spoken about on the show of the death of the transaction economy, looking beyond products and actually looking at what greater role we can play once everything that could be automated might be automated. So, you know, certainly a bigger role for us to play. Exactly, exactly. And I think there's a fundamental change in the name of pharmacy. I believe in the past, it was always called the community pharmacy. Today, it's called more of the retail pharmacy. Isn't that right? Yeah. And and even we've even kind of slowly shifted to the retail. And once we put retail in healthcare, we've commoditized people's health. My ultimate aim is really to say to reunite community to pharmacy and that's actually my logo to on my logo which is to reunite community to pharmacy and find that balance between the retail which is extremely important but also that community which is as important instead of one outweighing the other yeah yeah, look, certainly I think, you know, that, that bigger purpose needs to be realised and uh, <laughs> and on occasions we sometimes, you know, forget about it. You know, obviously we've gone through a lot of changes in the last 15 years, probably bigger than any other period, uh, but to, you know, really reconnect with those core values of perhaps our pharmacy ancestors is I think going to play an increasingly big role. Absolutely, absolutely. 
And and you talk a lot about you know obviously the team being core to a lot of what we what we need to achieve in pharmacy. Clearly, leadership will only take us so far if we're on our own and flying solo. So you know what role I guess in the in the greater I guess transformation of pharmacy do you think that our people should be playing on this journey? Listen, they say one hand can't clap by itself. You need two hands. You know and and to our team. Um, in the end, one person can't, a pharmacist by themselves can't run a pharmacy all by themselves um, if they've got, you know, a decent sized pharmacy. <clears throat> and the importance of the team is, is an important factor because you've either got what I call as a working group, which is a group of individuals who are working for the paycheck, um, who haven't got their heart in what they're doing and, uh, you know, which is really and honestly the majority of people that are working not just in pharmacy but throughout throughout every uh, business these days and then you've got what I call as the team which is a real team where they work in synergy their heart is 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 in in the job they've got a clear sense of direction and a sense of purpose and this is where I say the team is absolutely important and and can you imagine that you've got team members, each individual member works as if they are the owners of the business. How incredible would that be? Mm. Well, certainly we see a lot of variability between our best performing team members and our poorest performing. And quite often it represents full-time versus casual or part-time, which often leads to a very, very different experience for our customers if they visit during our nine to five or maybe even extended hours. Absolutely. And when you talk experience to customers, I want you to think of, of something now. I want you to think, when have you had an exceptional customer experience? Have, have you got an example in the top of your mind? I think, uh, as, as I tend to probably overdose on this show with, uh, certainly Apple, uh, closely followed by Disney, absolutely. Right. Now, when, I want you, when you say Apple... Do you remember the specific person who who served you in an exceptional way? It's not. It's never about the people. It's about the brand and um, across every touch point. So what you do in digital, what you do in store, it's very simplified, very easy to follow, and everything just happens the way you would like it to without all of these barriers that normally get in the way and frustrate us in the service interaction. Exactly. So what you'd notice in Apple is they've got incredible processes. They've got very good processes which make you move from one section to, to buy. But what is extremely important here, which I point out and I really emphasise in the book and within pharmacy, is perceptions are extremely important. And I'll give an example. If a customer walks into a pharmacy with a script, they usually give the script to the assistant, the assistant gives it to the pharmacist, it's dispensed on the computer. Um, Mr. Robert Starr, your script is ready. Take the script, go pay and goodbye. That's, that's a process. Now, what I want to add to this process, very much like what Apple are doing, is the perception or the emotion. So this person walked in and out of the pharmacy. They got everything right. They got what they wanted, but there was no feeling. There was no emotion in it. What I want them to do is to 
add that important emotion, which is empathy, build trust with the, with the customers, um, you know, have that ability to allow the customer to feel important and to feel that they're taken care of, especially that when they walk into a pharmacy, they're walking into a pharmacy because they are in the hope of improving something in their life, in their health or something in the health of their loved ones. And this is the greatest moment in anybody's life to be able to build that powerful bond between you and your customers. Yeah, and and certainly I think if we look back through the ages of, you know, community pharmacy prior to having distributors, having brands, manufacturers, distribution chains, planograms, um, you know, it was yeah. very it was very much about understanding first and listening to really understand, well, okay, we're compounding everything from scratch, therefore we need to know what to make based on our understanding of the community. And I think somewhere along the way that got fragmented and we thought that we could just duplicate the same set of merchandise every single pharmacy. But it's just yeah. really recognising that, Every community, and as we know, is unique and has different needs. And our role is as a coordinator of primary health care, not as a, uh, as a transaction or a product driver. Exactly, exactly. And the interaction is extremely important. And, and my, my purpose statement is I envision a pharmacy profession that interacts, not transacts, because the interaction is eventually going to get you that transaction. So the Interact with empathy and trust so that each individual life is valued. And that's why we need to notice that the interaction would certainly override the transaction and get you more business in, in, in the future. Yeah, yeah. And and right now, though, Mohammed, in all of your, I think you mentioned 7,600 visits to pharmacies, you know, what, what have you seen that are the biggest mistakes that we're making right now? Listen, the biggest mistakes are really that we have become we've commoditized health that's that's the major major issue we've become so inundated with bottom lines that we've forgotten the pure reason why a pharmacy is in the community in the first place and and that is the major issue and this is what i have really and truly put my life's work into how can we get that human touch back into pharmacy and into the healthcare profession as a whole. But how can we bring back that human touch and and allow us to have the ability not to become robots, but to be humans again? That that's that's what I really feel is the major issue today. Hmm. And, and certainly, I think, you know, we're very guilty, I think, in the past where, you know, ultra profitability in the dispensary has led that we could really be everything to everyone in the retail space, spinner stands, gifts, photo dispensing, which we no longer do. And the Kodak moment, as we can all oh, yeah. uh, have yeah. a bit of a think about now, has changed uh, dramatically from a magical it moment to, to something that represented well, uh, a missed opportunity. So, exactly. Exactly. you know, what do, what do you think that we, we could be doing better when it comes to differentiating ourselves I think you know you need to focus on the interaction that is the most important factor um, reforms come and go um, you know but the most important factor is to have that ability to talk to the customer understand their needs uncover their needs and 
know that a customer actually walks into a pharmacy not for one single reason. And, and I'll give you an example. So if a mother walks in with a teething baby, for example, into a pharmacy, the teething baby would have already had a fever, would have been in pain and crying a little bit at night. But that doesn't give enough reason for a mum or a parent to bring the baby into the pharmacy because they probably already have Panadol or Murafin or whatever it is they're using at home to, to solve that issue. By the time a parent brings a child into a pharmacy, the parent hasn't slept for a few nights, the parent is having um, you know, carer's leave because their baby is unwell, the parents are feeling very tired and, and probably snappy because they're not sleeping well at night. So there are much more, there are a lot more factors that have allowed the customer to walk into the pharmacy. And this is what I want the pharmacy people who work within pharmacy to understand that a customer walking into your pharmacy has come in for several reasons, not just for the initial reason that they're actually coming in, which is, for example, the teething baby. Yeah, certainly, um, you know, a lot of our um, training re really does come around uh, eliciting the symptoms. And uh, I think <clears throat> sometimes we're a little too snappy on picking up one symptom and then thinking, okay, I know the symptom, now I know the solution, and that's what they want. And probably not going a little bit deeper. And, you know, I guess, you know, when I take, come back to my initial origins in hospital pharmacy, we took more detailed histories there than we did in community. And often it's just such a condensed interaction because we've got that uh, what I call borrowed time of uh, all the waiting time of the inefficiency yeah. of our dispensaries that has the customer in a frustrated state and then we're going to ask sure. them that we need to you know listen to us for the next five minutes while we try to kind of have a conversation so yeah it's exactly. it, it's exactly. it's interesting and you make such an important point here with with the communication and it constantly reminds me of of a word that I always hear and it's called upselling and it's the difference between, well, upselling is really shoving the, the, the drug or the product down a customer's throat, in my opinion. But what I want to focus on is empathetic selling. Because once you uncover the need of, for example, that parent who's coming in with a teething child, but you understand that they've got their own issues as parents as well, and you have the ability to empathetically understand that and give give the mum for example something that revitalizes her her day uh, or give her something that would allow her to rest a little bit better at night that is just a totally different angle we're allowing your customer to be happy but you're also increasing your profits by, by selling more as well yeah, well, certainly, you know, the caring aspect is certainly something I always have looked at, looked for in our people, um, let alone, you know, how we approach it ourselves. I think you can't help but not have a caring bone in your body if you wanted to become a pharmacist in the first Absolutely. place. And, you know, it's something that's ingrained in us probably at an early age in our studies. But uh, in the hype of trying to keep up with the pace of running a business, perhaps on minimal staff now that, you know, that may have had to make some operational changes, uh, it doesn't leave a whole lot of headroom uh, for that headspace no it doesn't it doesn't and again when you're saying on, on minimal you know you've got a minimal amount of staff that's all due to all these financial pressures that are happening but the most important factor is you really want to make sure that every customer interaction counts 
no matter how many staff you've got, you always need to find a way to give that quality interaction so that you get the quality health outcome for each of your customers or else you're just going to be exactly the same as, you know, the, the supermarket or anybody else who has no differentiating point at all. Well, certainly, you know, at the point of parity where, unfortunately, in pharmacy, because of our commercialised product ecosystem, everyone's got the same products and price will beat everything if all we have is the same lack of uh, differentiation and a lot of sameness. So, you know, in order to, I guess, build that out, as you've been sharing with us with the emotional elements, um, you know, our customer relationship is probably the most important element in our business now. Exactly, exactly. And that's the core of my my focus because, I mean, you just never know when deregulation happens. And if you find pharmacies down the aisles of supermarkets, what's going to make you diff- any different than them? It's, it's certainly not going to be price because I can assure you their prices are probably going to be much lower than yours. Your only differentiating factor that would ever allow you to be different than anybody else is your human factor and how much you can create customer loyalty. And I define customer loyalty as a customer who would buy from you regardless of price. Yeah, and certainly, you know, at the risk of mentioning Apple yet again, it always underlines the reason why where you can buy iPads, iPhones on launch day at any number of locations, why you have people lining up for seven or eight hours and spending more just for that uh, Apple Store experience. Exactly. Yeah. And I know at the core of your, your book, A Prescription for Pharmacy, is your patterns methodology. And I know you've shared little elements of it, but could you tell our listeners a little bit more about that um, and you know what you've discovered as you know, really what customers want? Listen, the pattern methodology came from 17 years of observation in pharmacies. Being a pharmaceutical representative, you know, Pharmacists are busy and they'd always tell us to stand in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was a bit of a cheeky boy. I wanted to know, you know, while I'm waiting, I, I would observe the staff. I would observe how the pharmacists deal with customers, how, how they deal with their staff. And I started collating all these ideas and thoughts. And that's how I came up with the patents methodology. It is uh, just very clearly, patterns is a communication and selling skills specifically for pharmacy. So I've, I've created this from all that observation within pharmacies. And it's a, 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 an acronym of pause and collect yourself. So the P is to pause. Then A is to absorb and understand what the customer's saying. T is to think about the situation and support the customer. And then the other T is, is trust. You need to build trust with your team and customers, empathise with the customer, respond appropriately instead of reacting, nurture your relationship with your customers, and the, the final S is just simply to smile. So that's the patterns methodology. Yeah, well, certainly it's been well drummed into us that it takes less muscles to smile than it does for th- to frown, and uh, you know, it certainly, certainly it's something something we don't don't do enough of. <laughs> uh, what can you do? I mean, you listen to the news; it's all negative. Everything's negative. We really got to find that 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 place to find happiness within our hearts and soul. And um, sometimes when I'm in the car and we we stop at a red light, 
I look at the car next to me and you see see a couple of kids or a kid sitting in the back seat, bored, you know, mum and dad are probably talking about business or something. And I just give give, you know, a nice smile and you get a smile back straight away. I have never given a smile and not received one back. And it's contagious and it's beautiful. Yeah, and 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 it's something that uh, I think as everyone does look for whenever we're you know getting people and interviewing them for for our business is that if someone comes into an interview and smiles, you get a different feel because they're going to be your front line. That's going to be the first impression your business makes, and uh, certainly I don't think anyone would like seeing a frown first up. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree, but unfortunately, they always say business is cutthroat. I mean, business. You got to be. You got to be strict. You got to be strong. You got to be tough. There's. There's no more. Um, you know, being caring and, and smiling. Well, your staff have to be because you have to do it. But in the in the background, it's it's not as smiley as happy as it as it should be. And um, again, I think it's all about bringing the retail compartment into business. When honestly, if you just use the human aspect in business you're going to get so much you're going to get happier customers and you're going to have a thriving business plus we live most of our lives at work yeah yeah no look certainly from a personal point of view it uh, certainly gives people a lot of things to be happy for when they leave work rather than thinking oh look it was just an absolute grind today exactly and and i guess with you with your patterns methodology and i know that you've trialed this in a, in a few pharmacies uh, along your journey you know what what have the results been and uh, you know what was the experience that you've had in, in pharmacies with it listen the results to be honest are varying I mean, if a pharmacy is willing to give it their best and do, you know, follow, follow the, the proper steps, but emotionally, you know, get in there and smile and support the customers, nurture them, ask the right questions, without a doubt, you're going to get some significant results, which I have clearly seen. But then you've got some people that, as I told you, are very cutthroat. They have no emotions. They have no... It, it's all about just processing that script and, and, and making sure that the customer is, you know, upsold. And these are the people that won't get the results. And this is why it's so important. If you do want to differentiate yourself in the future from supermarkets, from, you know, the, the, the competitive atmosphere that is available in pharmacy today, um, using something like the patterns methodology where you've got processes and emotions the more you use it the better the greater the results are going to be yeah and and certainly you know you've unlocked a, a common theme that i've seen in a number of our, our interviews on the show as well is that you know with the methodology it's best practiced when you have the right mindset and perhaps Absolutely. even the right connection within yourself and your purpose as i know a you know fellow colleague of ours jesper logren is shared with us on the show that you know once yes, you align yes. yourself with your purpose it changes you know how quickly you'll jump out of bed in the morning whether you hit the snooze button True. what energy you bring to your business and therefore things can connect and you know you can 
operate very much from a leadership methodology rather than, you know, a victim or, you know, too influenced by external factors. So what do you, what have you seen, particularly where you've, where you've gone into pharmacies that may have had a, a negative mindset that have, you know, transformed perhaps their thinking and their mindset even before they've realised the benefits of, of your program? Listen, um, I, I was at a pharmacy once and the pharmacy owner came up right in front of me, came up the, to the two pharmacy assistants and said, you've sold three of these CoQ10s today. It was about um, 4.30 in the afternoon. You've sold three of these today. Your uh, target was to sell 10, so I'm expecting seven to be sold in the next hour and a half. And to me, that was like the pressure's on. Mm. <laughs> you know, the pressure's on. What do you expect? I mean, CoQ10 is going to be shoved down the throat of every single of every single customer who walks in the door. And um, I actually had a quality talk with this pharmacist, who ended up being one of my most amazing colleagues, we could say now, and, and a great friend. But I said, listen, you really got to try and not focus on the sale as much as look at the look at the, the customers that are taking a statin, for example. Focus on them. Tell them, let them understand how important it is to take CoQ10 and and the importance of it improving the quality of their health. Instead of just having a, a blind target for everyone, focus on the people who actually need it. And um, believe it or not. Just while I was there, on that same trip that I was at that pharmacy, we were able to sell one of the CoQ10 packs according to the way that I told him to, by focusing on a patient who had a statin. And ever since then, we've been focusing on how to improve what used to be called as upselling into empathetic selling, and they're just getting some amazing results. Mm. And certainly you may have one raving fan instead of uh, seven people who would never come back again having had something rammed down their throat. Exactly. But it also made the team feel better because you're giving them a sense of purpose. You're giving them an understanding that we only want to help the people and support the people who need the support. And that's the big difference compared to having to make the sale. Yeah, no, certainly a great example of, I guess, how quickly, I guess, once that mindset takes hold, uh, you know, your view of customers, your pharmacy, the community around you can certainly change. And I, I guess for our, for our listeners, you know, to take hold of, I guess, every one of those elements of your methodology, it's probably going to be too big a jump to just straight away turn up to the pharmacy tomorrow and implement that. But what would you recommend as like the first baby steps to, you know, start building some momentum? I believe the first baby step is the first word or the first letter, which is P, to pause. And um, what I mean by pause is to step back from the rat race that you're in. So I'll give you an example. If you're a pharmacist, you've got five or six scripts there waiting for, to be dispensed, you've got customers sitting right in front of you and you've got your head in that computer and you're pounding one script after the other, people start getting bored. You know, you look at people, they start getting bored, they start getting restless. Um, some of them start, you know, making, you know, walking back and forth because it takes a lot of, takes some time a lot of the times. 
What I want them is to not dig, dig their head into that computer and just be immersed and inundated with the moment. I want them to pause and step back, look up, look at the people that are, sat, that, that are sitting there or, or, or that are in the waiting room and really just, for example, say, I understand that this takes a little bit of time, but you know what? This is your life. This is a medication that's to improve the quality of your health. I'd rather be safe than sorry. So, you know, something along those lines. So excuse me for the time, but I just want to make sure that the scripts are all right. You've won yourself an extra three, four, or even five minutes because everybody wants you to do it right. Yeah. You know? And, and another example would be with, with, with pausing is I go into so many pharmacies and I notice that the pharmacy assistant has just got her head in, in, in the shelf, shelving, for example which is a great thing. It's part of the job. But a customer could have a heart attack next next to her and she wouldn't even notice because she's just so focused on what she's doing. They totally block the senses that are around them. What I'm saying is just pause, step back a bit. It's true that you're doing, you're doing you know, cleaning the shelves or you, you're, you're, you're pricing medication, but you're actually in an ecosystem of a, of a whole pharmacy there. That's just one job that you're doing. Use your peripheral peripheral vision notice if someone's coming up you know walking down down the, the into your pharmacy and acknowledge them recognize and understand that there's someone there ask them for if, if they need any guidance or any support and help because the worst thing a customer wants is to walk into a into a pharmacy or any store and just be not acknowledged or, or recognized and that's why i believe pausing is extremely important allow you to understand the surroundings that are around you yeah yeah now look certainly and particularly once that team member's more aligned with their purpose in the pharmacy as well as to care for people and you know they should have that already ingrained in it but sometimes we drive these processes so hard and tasks that you know it often seems to be the most important thing but i guess we always look you know towards the future as to you know what would we absolutely love to see in pharmacies today and the two biggest things that often stop us is time and resources but you know, if you could have your pick of both of those, you know, what would you love to see in pharmacies today? I would love to see that balance between the retail and the community pharmacy. Find that balance. It's so important to be able to have that interaction that would give birth to the transaction. And that's something that is available in a lot of pharmacies. And I don't want to say that it's not available because there are so many pharmacies out there that are doing incredible jobs. I just have admiration, so many of these pharmacies. But there are a lot of them that really need to also focus, not just on that bottom line, but to focus on the reason why they were pharmacists in the first place. To focus on the reason why your customer, and this is extremely important, I'm happy for a pharmacist to be focused on their bottom line that's fine but i want them to focus on the reason why their customer is walking into the pharmacy door the customer is walking into the pharmacy in the hope of improving the quality of their health and life and health and life are interlinked so if you if your health is compromised your quality of life is compromised and sometimes your actual life is compromised you know a heart attack can kill you and this is what I really want the focus to be on. The focus to be, 
Why is your customer walking into your pharmacy? Because they have hope. And thus, pharmacy is the industry of hope. And this is what I want implanted in the pharmacy's heart and in the pharmacy assistant and everyone who works around pharmacy to understand that you are in the industry of hope, the hope to improve people's lives. Yeah, no, I could not agree more. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. And uh, you know, I wish you all the very best for your upcoming book launch on uh, November 14th in Newcastle. Uh, and for our listeners, if they'd love to come along, how can they uh, get a ticket and uh, what can they expect on the day? I will um, send you the information if you can put that in, in the notes. And what they'd expect on the day... I've got some amazing um, partners. So Jasper Logan, who you know um, you've interviewed, would be talking about leadership. I've got Sue Muller, who you've also um, had on the program, and she's going to be talking about pharmacy-specific human resources. Um, then I also have um, uh, Doyle Bueller, who's going to be talking about digital aspects, and, and um, Amanda Fisher, who is also an accountant and business planner who's going to be talking about how to un unscramble your numbers. And I also have Debbie Rigby who's going to be on video um, and she's going to be talking about clinic pharmacy and myself and I'm going to be focusing on communication and selling skills. So it's a whole day event from 9 o'clock in the morning till 4pm at City Hall in Newcastle on the 14th of November. Oh, look, certainly sounds like a fantastic lineup, and all, funnily enough, including yourself now, former guests of the Transformation Show. So, uh, can't 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 fault your lineup, and an absolute uh, brilliant one. And I'm sure if our listeners can get along, uh, they'll certainly have a great day. Thanks for joining us, Bahamut. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, we wish you well, and look forward to following your journey and inviting you back in the not too distant future. Before you do go, I would like to um, extend something which I just came up with now. Any person who says a transformation and Robert Starr at the door will come in for free. So um, that's something especially for your listeners. Anybody who's able to come to Newcastle on November the 14th and says Robert Starr and the transformation show would come in for free. They are more than welcome. You are very, very kind. Thank you very, very much. Thank you too, Robert. You take care of yourself, my dear friend. Thanks, Mohammed. We certainly went very deep and meaningful when it comes to our customer experience. And as per usual, I've pulled out my three key learnings thanks to pharmacyfreedomindex.com. Number one, empathize with your patient's circumstances. A teething baby is not just a symptom of sore gums and perhaps a fever. Also, consider the mother. As Mohammed shared with us, a mother who may not have slept very well that last night or hasn't slept at all and may be really frustrated and very irritated. And for you to be able to settle her nerves, calm her down, reassure her, could be even more valuable than any product or solution you may come up with for her child as well. Number two, pause and reflect. Listen. We often talk about the traditional community pharmacy and the fact that we had to be better listeners when we didn't have commercial products to sell and we really had to understand our communities at a much deeper level in order to compound every single medicine for them. And number three, look beyond profit to make more profit. I think that was the real key theme I took away from all of this. 
We've got to consider examples like Apple. I overdo it, I know, but certainly we've got to look at the experience that they created. They looked at the Ritz-Carlton in New York, which we've shared in previous episodes, like episode 63 with Anna Sorman Nielsen, and they brought that into the retail environment to deliver something remarkable to every customer so that they were thinking, you know, this is as good as visiting a five-star hotel. And no doubt, you now see wherever there is a product launch for Apple, the same products available a few doors down at a general electronics store, but people will still line up. And we've got to consider the best customer service experience that we have in our lives and try and merge that into pharmacy. And that brings us to our transformation motivational quote of the week, which comes from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. I hope I said that right. A goal without a plan is just a wish. Love that one. And I can tell you where I got it too. There's a new Google extension. So for those of you that use Chrome as your web browser, there's some great extensions that you can get that add on to your Google Chrome experience. It's free and it's called Momentum. I'll put a link in the show notes here at robertstar.com forward slash episode 88. And it will ask you every day what your focus is and remind you every time you open a browser what that focus was at the beginning of the day so you don't forget. And it also serves you a new quote every day. Funnily enough, that's where I got it. And the pronunciation, I have to credit to YouTube. You can find out every possible thing just by Googling it. And that's exactly what I did today. Next week, you're going to get a solo show. I've been promising one for a while, and it's going to cover practical lessons for pharmacy from Tim Kobe, who is responsible for developing the Apple retail store. I know, that's a real surprise, isn't it? That was always going to come up on this show, wasn't it? And Chris Kyvedos, who's the CEO of Sneaker Boy, and I had the pleasure of listening to his insights at uh, Brian Walker's CEO's event on Omnichannel Retail, and I'm going to bring you all the insights from that. Plus, I'm going to help you supercharge your daily productivity and get some of those stubborn to-do items off your list that you just haven't been able to find any time for. As I share with you a little quick preview, my best productivity tips for your daily commute to the pharmacy, and that can be train, bike, car, you name it. Maybe not bike, but uh, certainly definitely train and getting on the car, getting in the car as well. If you've loved this week's show, leave a comment in the show notes. I read and respond to every single one of them. And my guests, like Mohammed today, only too happy to respond to your questions individually as well. And make sure you take Happy's offer as well. Really generous and certainly for a full day's education, you can't go past it. Have a great week, everyone. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now.